the Arab republics, the GCC countries and the United States both sought stability but in different ways. Fearing violence and chaos on their borders, and putting little stock in the efficacy of liberal institutions, the Gulf states focused from the start on supporting potential allies inside these suddenly unstable political vacuums. Meanwhile, the United States, influenced both by its commitment to democratic values and by the luxury of not facing immediate threats to its survival, argued that long-term structural changes in Middle Eastern economies, institutions, and governance represented the only path to long-term stability. Nowhere was this gap in viewpoints more apparent than in Egypt. The United States saw the fall of Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak in 2011 as a historic opportunity. The following year, Washington made it clear that despite ideological differences with Egypt's Islamists, the United States was willing to work with a democratically elected Egyptian government led by the Muslim Brotherhood's Mohamed Morsi. In 2013, when Morsi was forced out of office in a military coup led by General Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, Washington initially hesitated to engage with Sisi's government, putting the brakes on some forms of U.S. aid to Egypt. In contrast, most of the GCC countries, especially Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, but with the exception of Qatar, viewed Mubarak's fall as a catastrophe, refused to engage with Morsi's government, and rushed to pump billions of dollars into the Egyptian economy after Sisi's takeover. Syria offers another stark contrast. The United States and its allies in the Gulf share a desire for a credible armed opposition to take on the regime of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. But they disagree on the wisdom of supporting the existing armed groups that have been fighting Assad's forces for the past four years. The Gulf states have provided funds and weapons to Syrian opposition collectives, such as Jaish al-Fatah, or Army of Conquest, which have had some success in fighting the regime, but include factions linked to al-Qaeda. Washington worries that funding and arming such groups could lead to blowback, should the fighters decide someday to turn on the United States or its partners. So the Americans have instead sought out heavily vetted moderate resistance forces to equip and train, an effort that by September had managed to keep only a handful of fighters on the battlefield, according to General Lloyd Austin, the commander of U.S. Central Command. The divergent approaches have produced bitterness on both sides. Washington sees the Gulf countries as reckless, and the Gulf countries see Washington as feckless. The disagreement over how to intervene in Syria, and also in Iraq and Yemen, two other Arab republics riven by civil strife, has been sharpened by Iran's role in all three conflicts. In each place, the Iranians have supplied money, weapons, and fighters to forces opposed by the United States and the Gulf countries. The Assad regime in Syria, the Houthi rebels in Yemen, and extremist Shiite militias in Iraq. But Washington and Arab governments don't agree about the nature or importance of Iran's involvement. Many of the Gulf states, especially Saudi Arabia, believe that Iranian intervention has itself driven these conflicts. They see Iran's support for its proxies as the primary cause of the violence, not as an effect of the political instability in all three places. The United States, on the other hand, views Iran as an unhelpful actor, but thinks its involvement, especially in Yemen, is opportunistic rather than the root of the problems. These divergent views have led to starkly different policies. In Syria, Iran's support for Assad is a major reason why the GCC states have prioritized toppling the regime over combating the Islamic State, also known as ISIS. 
the Sunni jihadist group that has seized territory and sown terror in Syria and across the border in Iraq. The United States has precisely the opposite view. ISIS poses a threat to the U.S. homeland and thus takes priority over ousting Assad, even though Assad's survival benefits Iran. In Yemen, the GCC countries view the Houthi rebels as Iranian agents and believe their advances would have been impossible without Iranian support. The United States doesn't share that assessment, seeing Iranian involvement as less significant and hardly determinative. Finally, in Iraq, the United States has spent years trying to persuade the GCC countries to accept the legitimacy, or at least the reality, of a Shiite-dominated central government and to further integrate Iraq into the Arab world. Washington has even used the Iraqi government as a go-between with Iran in the fight against ISIS, an enemy that the GCC states and Iran share.